Utactio captures a moment with makers, artists, content creators, and entrepreneurs. It intercepts these everyday people for a brief conversation as they are in the thick of developing their ideas and chasing their dreams. It is all about empowering you to remind you that great ideas and great change don't simply reside in white houses or corporate lines of code. It encourages you to do the right thing daily and reminds you that the only way our world and our society progresses is if you take action around your ideas. So without any further ado, let's dive into our conversation for today. Welcome to the new way of doing one of these introductions. So from now on, in the past, I was doing it where we would just get straight into the conversation. But I'd really like to get take the opportunity to maybe introduce Instagram or uh, a link back to somebody's website, give you a little bit more information about the person beforehand. Today we actually have Will Elliott. Will Elliott is a dental student at the University of Minnesota. Today he takes us through a portion of his life story. He describes how to choose and commit to something, what it's like to go through paramedic school, and to drive an ambulance in L.A. Plus, he gives me a little bit of insight and helps me to learn a little bit about sharing stories with family, trusting your training, and taking quick and decisive action. Above and beyond that, he gives some insight into dental health by giving a glimpse into the mind of a budding dental student. That goes. All right, we're recording. Welcome to the next episode of Utactio. I'm here with Will Elliott. Hello. Hello, Will. Uh, Will Elliott is, we're currently in, where Where are we right now, actually? Where is this place? We're in uh, room number three of the Delta Sigma Delta um dental school fraternity house on uh essex street in minneapolis okay yes, so sir. at the university of minnesota yes for dental school that's right that's sweet that they have the whole setup for um like good cheap rent for you to yeah. actually come no, and go to school perfect. here and split it 12 ways so <laughs> that's ridiculous it is it's a it's hectic living here but Obviously, it's cheap and yeah, <laughs> the camaraderie is good. So yeah, can't that's, complain. That's great. What is uh, how far away from the school are you? Uh, about two blocks from the dental school. So and, and you have this church right next door too. And a so church. Are so you going every every clean. Sunday? <laughs> that's right. Shake off the cobwebs. <laughs> all right. So Utactio is all about people who are taking action and mm. kind of pursuing stuff for their or going after their goals and yeah. their dreams. Really. Okay. And part of the reason I brought you on is yes. because uh, you've always seemed to be a guy who knows what he wants to do, mm. and you've always gone out and kind of pursued the adventure around right. what you want to do. Sure. So why don't you just kind of talk about, uh, to begin, who, kind of just introduce yourself. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so uh, my name is Will Elliott, and I'm 26 years old as of a few days ago. 26 years young. Yeah, I suppose. We have so uh, many years ahead of us. I love it. Young guy. Um, I was born in Ventura, California. Okay. And spent the first 13 years of my life in Southern California in a city called Redondo Beach. 
Okay. And then at the age of 13, I moved to Buffalo, Minnesota. Yeah. And how? Um, so you were in Redondo for. Yeah. So I moved to Redondo when I was two. No. So yeah, my childhood was all spent in Redondo Beach. Okay. And what and did you? So do you remember much about Redondo? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was my home. I mean, that was. I grew up surfing and skateboarding, swimming. I did a thing okay. called Junior Lifeguards in the summer, which was six weeks. And you'd go from, I think it was 8 a.m. till noon, and you just, they put buoys out, and everybody would just do, like, these massive swims every day and runs, and you work out and okay. learn the ins and outs of, you know, being a competent water man, water woman, yeah. I guess you call it. Yeah. Um, it was great. Uh, super... I mean, it led to being super confident in the water, super confident in my abilities. They taught us how to do CPR when we were like nine years old. So, <laughs> did you? So, were you a lifeguard at some point then? Out no, there? well, no, not out there. Okay. I wasn't ever uh, an ocean lifeguard. No, okay. uh, just okay. a junior lifeguard. So, I never, never got to be a full fledged paid LA County lifeguard. But I think if I would have stayed out there, if I would have continued living out there, I would have gone that route for sure that's a pretty cool lifestyle is yeah. that do you know oh, anybody yeah. who does that right now yeah i do actually a good family friend of mine just took the swim test took the written test and he's like in the background part of it now too yeah. so yeah it's very cool. they start you off at 25 dollars an hour okay and i think you make like 30 dollars an hour if you have your emt okay so um pretty busy in the summertime and then they kind of cut down the staff in the throughout the winter but there yeah. are a number of year-round career positions that they have and so it's it's interesting too because it's it's part of the los angeles county fire department oh so you're technically paid the city of los angeles pays you or the county of los angeles pays you rather okay and there's opportunities if you want to then to start as a lifeguard and then continue on into the fire service oh so you can bridge this this gap between being a lifeguard and being a firefighter if you want to yeah a lot of guys don't but some people do yeah so that's uh so your dad was a firefighter out there yeah right yep. was he did he kind of pursue that route no he he started elsewhere he started he was a forest service firefighter to begin with okay and then he got hired at a city called bakersfield which is out in it's kind of like the armpit of california it's, <laughs> it's kind of out in the desert there's a lot of shenanigans i guess you say they yeah. go out there not not a super desirable place to live uh-huh and then he moved to oxnard Built a house, <laughs> built a house in Gosh. Ventura, yeah, which is right next to Oxnard. Okay, um, so that's, I don't know if that's like the first part of Central California or if that's technically still Southern California. It's okay, it's somewhere in that. It's north of, of Los Angeles area. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's where he started, and then, or that's where he spent a good chunk of his career, and okay. then uh, became a captain in Oxnard with the fire department, and then moved down to Redondo Beach. To become a battalion chief so that's oh. how that's how our family you ended up moving down to down to redondo yeah yeah okay so yeah cool so you were thinking well and then you moved up to minnesota right and you were yeah so then my mom's family is all from minnesota my mom's the oldest of 11 11 oh, wow. children that's a big family and massive family super close uh-huh. um super family oriented obviously and I don't know actually how this all played out, but at one point my dad promised my mom that we would move back to Minnesota. So who knows where that occurred along the way, but (laughs) that promise was made. And then my brother and I were a part of that move 
essentially when my dad retired from the fire service. Oh, yeah. And then we, we yeah. went east. So And now you still, your dad, or you still kind of rent a house out back there? Did you guys sell that house? No, yeah, they still own a house in Redondo Beach. And that's been, they've had tenants in there for like 10 years. And then just this last summer, they moved out this last year, I guess. Yeah. And so we remodeled that. And then there's new tenants in there now. So okay. I think the plan is at one point that uh, my folks will like be snowbirds and do the oh, summers in Minnesota and the winters in made. California, yeah. which would be really great. That's yeah, sweet. So. And then you're going to get to go back and see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we're never selling that place. Yeah, right? heck no. As heck long as we, no. as long as we can. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, so now you are, uh, you've been in Minnesota for a while, mm-hmm. and I have. I did high school and college in Minnesota, high school in Buffalo, Minnesota, which is a small town, kind of uh, west of the Twin Cities area, and then uh, went to college in Duluth, Minnesota, and um, moved back to Los Angeles for a couple of years and then got accepted into dental school. So now I'm Sweet. back, back in Minnesota. Sweet. And we'll talk, the homeland. We'll, we'll talk about that little foray you had out uh, in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a pretty cool story. It is. Uh, so what initially made you, so now you're in dental school, right? So how long have you wanted to do that? Sure. Yeah. I've been thinking about that actually. Uh, I can't really recall like a light bulb moment in my life where I'd I determined that this was the route I wanted to take. This was the career I wanted, but yeah, I had a neighbor in Buffalo, Dr. Stangle, Dr. John Stangle. Okay. And honestly, just the nicest guy, the coolest guy. Uh, he had three kids. One of them I graduated high school with, so mm-hmm. I was pretty close with them, did sports with them. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Stangle was a dentist, and I th- I think it was my junior or senior year, we had like some kind of career exploration they gave you kind of personality tests and sort of and assistance to guide you in your pursuits in the future. You yeah. Know? And I don't know what and happened, but got, Dr. Stangle, cancer. I had to go do an, uh, an eight hour job shadow. Oh, and I said, well, this guy's my neighbor. I can get a can lift get with it. him there oh, and back, yeah. you know? So I went and job shadowed Dr. Stangle and his super cool dental office. He's got this cool setup and, um, Kind of just from there on, I just sort of wanted to be a dentist. I don't know. I mean, okay. I went into my first day of uh, freshman year of college knowing that I wanted to be a dentist. Really? Yeah. So joined the pre-dental club like right away at yeah. the University of Minnesota Duluth, UMD. And um, that was sort of just that was so you, set. It was yeah, set right at that point. I think a lot of I, – I know when I was going into school, mm-hmm. first of all, my first job shadow experience – Yeah. I had to do one of these mandatory job shadows in high school, too. Yeah. I job shadowed a cop. Not <laughs> I wanted to be a cop or anything. but Yeah, but that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. And we 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 threw the lights on a couple of times, oh, and we yeah. ended up going to a like a trailer fire. Mm. And it was literally trailer fire, like in the park. And this was uh, like a drug user's house oh, or sure. something like sure. that. But that was pretty cool. Yeah. And there I learned... His, his my one little secret and my one little takeaway I took from that was that at that time the cops radar guns their speed guns oh yeah don't work that well in the rain oh <laughs> so I was so much more comfortable driving fast I would in the never rain. I would never drive faster than the speed limit obviously but <laughs> when it rains push it in the rain yeah exactly uh, I knew that hilarious. I was I was pretty safe I don't know if that holds true anymore. 
No, probably not. Yeah. I wouldn't, I was, I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. Well, I was driving back from New York yesterday and all the way from New York to Chicago, mm. pure rain. And there was cops hitting the radar guns the whole time. Really? But I was I was taking it I was taking it easy compared to yeah. those East Coasters who drive like what seems to be like ninety miles an hour Seriously. and then seventy. It's absolutely insane. John, you mean? <laughs> yeah, John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh so you went into college knowing yeah. that you would want to be So yeah. was there how about mm-hmm. going back to that that job shadow? Where what did you see that you thought was cool or was it just kind of sure. like was there anything that stuck out to you from that? Uh, well, I just, I guess I'll start too. Um, and since I was a kid, I always, I think back to my earliest memories, I always had like fond memories of the dentist. Like, Oh geez. They were, that's like opposite of cool me. people. They were really friendly. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I wasn't like a, a little baby or anything, you know, like the shot that they put in your mouth. It, it hurts. It hurts adults, you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. they were always really cool about Doesn't it. Doesn't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. Perfect <laughs> patient. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. So I think from the start, I just never had a bad experience. I, uh, yeah. That definitely has to do with, like, my decision to pursue that. I never, obviously, never had a bad experience. But um, the day of the job shadow, we just went in, and um, I just saw how he was able to, like, connect with patients on this, yeah. like, super intimate level with your fingers in someone's <laughs> mouth. and. It's funny that <laughs> all the dentists I know are like super friendly and super talkative, but when you're when you're at work, work, you know, it's like they you got to learn that you just can't ask questions when you're trying <laughs> to work. That, that, that's something I'll definitely take forward. And like, yeah, all right, how you doing? Great. All right, please I'm take a seat. This. We're gonna get to work. Yeah. We can chat later. But that's, yeah, so I just through talking to Doctor Sangalo, it was cool to like learn that I have this ability to work with my hands and i like yeah. to work with my hands and like detail yeah. oriented and then you combine that skill and trade and whatever and you put it with this ability to like talk with real people and communicate with human beings and right provide care for people and it's kind of just this combination of both of those and i think i'd always kind of known that obviously because i knew what the dentist was but yeah being able to go and shadow and see it like firsthand and be on the other side of it not the receiving end of it was super cool yeah that is pretty cool so so then you go into college and what did you end up going you went into that pre-dental program or that pre-dental club so yeah i went in i declared my major right away as biology and Um, i had gotten some advice from dr stangle and other people that have become dentists and biology is sort of just like the universal major for like all the requirements you need to get into dental school so it was, uh-huh. it was perfect and i really like biology so i decided to declare that as my major right away and then like the second week of class i found out about the pre-dental club and that did knew nothing about it knew nobody in it uh-huh. i went to that and sort of got some scoop on basically organizing the next four years of college to set yourself up to be ready to go to dental school and to be oh, yeah. kind of prepared to submit like a well-rounded desirable application essentially yeah so so do you remember when you were in that pre-dental program mm-hmm. were there a lot of other students who were the, in their freshman year or i i, I yeah, don't know there were quite a few there was probably there was probably 15 to 20 people okay 
And it's funny because a lot of them dropped out. Like, a lot of them dropped out of the, the pre-dental club. The they just Yeah. They went other directions. You know, I knew one guy that was just really serious in it was uh, he went and became a chiropractor. Oh. This other guy who I worked with, he was, like, his grades were so much better than mine. His test scores were so much better than mine. We were both in the same grade, and he was going to be absolutely, like, a direct competitor of mine to get into dental school. Okay. And he was super friendly, but I just, like, I had kind of hated this guy. <laughs> like, like, this guy is not going to – he's totally going to get in. Like, this yeah. sucks. Yeah. This guy ended up going, and his dad – I don't know what happened, but his dad was retiring, and so this guy and his two brothers took over his dad's lumber yard. Oh, shit. So he totally switched. He didn't go wow. anything in science, anything in dentistry, anything with his biology degree. He went, I don't even know if he graduated, to be honest ask, with did you. Did he graduate? I don't recall. Hmm. But he went, like, it was decided pretty much that day that he was going to go and wow, <laughs> run the lumberyard. And that's pretty I mean, cool, that's though. cool. Like, I, there's, yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with that, but it just was. Thank God he's out Hallelujah. of the pool. Because <laughs> he would have been in here before I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. Well, good for him though. I bet Absolutely. that I bet that in the end he's yeah. working out a pretty pretty solid deal. Absolutely, and I bet that's a lot of fun and yeah. challenging. And yep, cool. Mm -hmm. So what was so you majored in biology? Yep, majored in biology. You were going through a, this pre dental program, right? And basically, the way it works is to get into dental school, you have to have like eight semesters of biology, eight semesters of chemistry, uh huh, bio one, two, three, four chemistry organic chemistry all these all these classes so yeah essentially the biology curriculum at umd perfectly fit those requirements for dental school oh and i believe it's kind of similar for medical school dental school like a lot of the professional yeah. schools have these specific requirements and umd had a, this perfect setup for that oh that's great so i didn't have to take additional classes to get okay. in do a lot um, of students do a lot of your peers right now are yeah. they in a situation where they had to take additional you know um there's you know. i'd say like uh if i had to guess probably between 80 about 80 percent of people uh, if off the top of my 80 percent are yeah. biology majors oh, okay then there's some psychology okay there's some neuro there's and then there's i guess there's like uh people that went and got degrees in like uh english yeah and that art be, and things yeah but yeah that's great that that's serving them well because a big part of dentistry is the art part but they then had to go back and retake all these prereqs to get into dental school mm -hmm. so it just makes more sense and it made more sense to me at the time to like go to school get the classes i need get them finished up and uh -huh. basically get out yeah. move on to the next thing so that that worked out well for me but so you have these requirements to get in dental school. They're fulfilled through UMD, but then you also have to take a dental admittance test, which is called DAT. Okay. The DAT. The DAT. The DAT. DAT test. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Before you go into that, yeah. in, into DAT, uh, <laughs> why don't you said that it's kind of like, uh, or you said that those art students, you know, you said art's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Well, you're you're using your hands and you're using your eyes and you're translating um the shapes and things of teeth around the tooth you're working on and you have to construct both uh, aesthetically pleasing tooth but also uh -huh. a functional tooth okay so these students that have a background in art they already have the kind of the eye for the the 
curvature, the concaves, the convexes, you know, the how right. deep is this pit look? Right. You're eyeing up all this stuff because it's such a small area. It's such a small area to work. You can't put a tape measure in there. You can't put yeah, it's it's tough to measure things like this. So a lot of right. it's just you're you're eyeing these things up and I just found that the the students I've talked to that at least had some kind of art classes at least in in their undergrad are doing able to handle they're that. more successful at some of these artistic elements of this the education which is interesting yeah that is but so what is uh i think of when i go to the dentist then mm-hmm. typically yeah. is they're taking out their picks and right. poking my teeth yeah i don't really see them crafting teeth too often no and it, you know that's the thing for me too is like i haven't had any really major reconstruction like I, okay. i've had little fillings and like cavities and little things like that but yeah um when you build like a crown for somebody okay or when you build like when this person like half this person's tooth is missing and you mm-hmm. have to rebuild it mm-hmm. it has to it has to be exactly the same as the teeth around it or not exactly the same but it has to be like the sibling of the teeth around it essentially okay so like if this tooth curves in right here then my tooth has to curve out right here in the same direction to to make sure that this is all aesthetically lined up and because every tooth is different i guess and every every mouth is different yeah you you can't just cookie cut out the you know your mold of a tooth your chiclet of a tooth you know it doesn't work like that you have to build it into the mouth and i imagine too that if you're getting like a crown or something like Mm -hmm. that that portion of your tooth is gone Right. So not only do you have to, like, the way that you figure out what that tooth actually looks like mm-hmm. is by looking at kind of, like, right. like the clues of the other yes. teeth. and yes. then Yeah, exactly. So that takes a lot of, if everybody's teeth are different, mm-hmm. that, I mean, it takes a little bit of vision in order to, so right. I definitely see yeah. that. That's pretty cool. And you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because it really depends if it's in the front of your mouth, if the tooth is in the front of your mouth, like one of these four or five teeth in the front. Uh-huh. Obviously, the look of it is going to be way more crucial. Right. If you got this right. molar that's way in the back, I mean, no one's going to see that tooth. Right? Yeah. So at that point, it's more functional than aesthetic. Okay. But your front teeth, they're aesthetic to us, but uh-huh. essentially they play a huge role in like eating. And every tooth has a kind of a different role in like the, the eating process. Yeah, that's know? pretty cool. Yeah. So it has to be functional, number one, functional. Uh huh. But very close, number two. People would argue maybe aesthetics number one, functional number two, but you know it's, it's got to be really functional because yeah. you got to eat, you got to get nutrition, right? You know. Yeah. And well, I, I imagine it plays a role in talking and that all too. all yeah. types of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. It so, is. what I? Uh, what's your favorite tooth? <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have another question too for you. But seriously, um, what's your favorite tooth? Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the one right in the front. There's a big old white big, one right in the front. <laughs> the big old buck no, teeth. I don't know. I'm I don't know if I'm far enough along in my uh education to really make that call yet, but Okay. I haven't really worked a ton on real human teeth, so it's hard to say, but from what I've learned there's certain teeth that are way harder to work on than others. So oh, okay. I think I'll probably have a least favorite tooth before yeah. I have a favorite tooth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's very, that's that's interesting stuff. So what is so what typically so it's, is it just a crown then that you would be reconstructing, or what other? Yeah, well, what, what you other can have, kind of like a full things? crown is basically just a cap on top of a rotten tooth that you'd put on. Okay, you can make a, a bridge, which is like when several teeth are missing. Okay, 
you abut one side of this bridge to one tooth and then the other side to another tooth. So you essentially make two fake teeth that just kind of ride like a bridge. They're kind of like a bridge kinda on top hang of the on. other two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could do full dentures. So if somebody could get all their teeth pulled out or for most cases, they just lose all their teeth. Yeah. Then you have to build them a whole new set of teeth. Okay. Um, but even just like the, somebody gets a cavity on their front tooth, you have to place a specific material there and then you have to shape it to be symmetrical and equal and look good with the other teeth in comparison right. to the other teeth. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, cool. So we we got off on a pretty deep tangent yeah, on that's what okay. the art, and that that was all about the art, right? Mm-hmm. So let's essentially, try, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's try and get back into some of the actual questions that I have down. Um, so you were, and we got into that because we were talking about degrees and that type of thing beforehand. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you came out of school, yeah. I know you did some. You mentioned before you why don't you keep talking okay, about what okay, brought yeah. you to uh where you're at now sure so i'll just kind of go through the timeline here yeah um senior senior year of undergraduate mm-hmm. i got i went through an emt class an emergency uh, medical yes. technician class okay and that was like 14 weeks, a couple times a week, and then you get, you take a national test and you get a licensure license for that. So I applied to dental school um, the summer before my senior year of undergrad. Okay. And then I didn't hear anything like my whole senior year. Yeah. You're supposed to hear stuff, you know, like by December, and I didn't hear anything by December. Yeah. So I kind of had to start figuring out a, a plan B, sort of, for the, at least for the year. Uh huh. And, um, I wanted to do something productive so my application could be enhanced in some way and I didn't want to just sit at home or work in a dental lab or something like that. You know, I want to do something cool. So my dad used to be a firefighter. He's got all these stories about, um, you know, responding to medical calls and helping people out and whatnot. So my whole life I've been hearing about that. So I decided to go and get my EMT license. Okay. And then I knew also that I wanted to move back to to Los Angeles, back to Redondo Beach. Yeah. After college, because I, don't know, I wanted to surf, and I had buddies out there that I wanted to see. So I moved to Hermosa Beach, California, on July fourth, twenty fifteen, and uh, didn't get hired by an ambulance company until like the end of August, twenty fifteen. Okay. So. But while you're out there, you were doing, you were working, you were doing some cool stuff out yeah. there too. You were doing like woodworking or? Yeah, I was, I was working construction for a while and that was just like basic, just dirty construction. Yeah. And that was yeah. a great means to an end kind of like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I needed a summer job. Money. I made enough to pay the rent, but uh-huh. it was dirty. And then the gentleman who I lived with was a family friend of ours named Bruce, Bruce Tuttle. And Bruce has multiple sclerosis. Okay. And I was looking at houses out there before I moved and like it was gonna be super expensive to get some place to live. Like Yeah, yeah. Minimum a thousand dollars a month and it was gonna be tough and then Bruce called me up one day and said, Hey, I got a house I got a little uh rental for you that you can pay me five hundred bucks cash off oh, yeah. the, like off the books kind of thing, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. 
and you can live here keep it clean and it's yours so Sweet. lucked out with that and then this friendship with bruce kind of like grew and grew and grew and he's like he's my dad's buddy but he's really my buddy you know yeah yeah so it ended up working out really good but yeah we made uh just a bunch of wood woodworking projects and Bruce's like uh his vision is not great uh, the control of his hands is pretty minimal but he still yeah. get down there and run the table saw and oh jesus run nice. some very serious <laughs> power tools that a lot oh, of God. fully capable human beings won't even touch yeah. but he was a, a construction contractor his whole life yeah i mean so if anybody knew. knew how to run this tool it was Bruce yeah. and it doesn't matter what his ability is with his hands he'll run this thing till he dies basically you know so i learned a lot a lot about the that's cool. woodworking side of things from bruce yeah was, was it just like building staircases or cabinets or what uh was, just building houses building houses yeah okay yep he was just a a, a general construction contractor and he worked okay. for a company that just built houses around the south bay oh sweet yeah so did you ever work on some cool projects with him, or did he have cool projects, or was it kind of general little no, boxes yeah. or what? Um, made a bunch of fishing nets with him, so those are sweet. Cut out some, used the wood a poplar and uh, cut those real thin on a table saw and wrapped them around a jig that we made. Okay, glued them all up and stuck them together basically and. Those turned out exceptional, and those are great. Yeah, the I got funny, one of those. the funny thing about Bruce is, although he can't really see, his his brain is like fully firing on all cylinders. So okay, I approached Bruce one day and I said, you know, I've been to Montana. Everybody's got these really cool fishing nets, and like yeah, they got yeah. long handles, and you leave them in the boat. They're made out of wood, but like, how the hell do you do that? Like, I have no idea. And so you you plant that seed in bruce's head and he goes well i'm gonna go take my nap come, come back tomorrow you off tomorrow yeah i'm off tomorrow let come this, back tomorrow we'll stew. figure it out you come back to no, the next day Sweet. and sure as shit he's got a plan formulated he's got he got all right we got a list you got to go to the store you got to get shit, some yeah whatever yeah it's yeah. totally dialed in in his brain yeah and then you put it all together and it just works it's functional it's perfect Dude, it looks that's good cool. yeah that's sweet you go, thanks bruce is like all right like what do you want what are we gonna do next you uh -huh. know it's like oh man so he was a great teacher like honestly my love of woodworking was pretty strong before working with bruce but uh -huh. now i just it's essential in my life now to he be honest with you like sweet. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I credit a lot of my ability to uh, to the run tools with, with Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's pretty cool. But so yeah, so I worked with Bruce. Maybe you can make some wood teeth. I thought about <laughs> it, dude. I've thought about it. If my if uh, I ever lose my teeth thanks to this, <laughs> I'll knock some up for you, buddy. Make me some wood teeth. Oh uh, <laughs> God. Oh, uh, so got hired with McCormick Ambulance Service in august of 2015 as an emt and um yeah went in and took their tests and had to drag like this 100 pound dummy across the floor in my suit because they didn't tell me there was any kind of physical <laughs> oh, Jesus, part to the, really? this interview <laughs> which is <laughs> fine i mean up nice. i made it work but i split my shoe like my shoe oh, was no. flapping at the end <laughs> of it 
but uh, went in and like finished all the testing and like got through the basically the human resources training, which is like two days. Uh-huh. No experience on an ambulance, no experience with patient care except eight hour ride along. And I saw one drunk guy in Duluth. That was oh, my only call all day. And you're in LA. And then they say <laughs> to LA and I go to LA and I get in the ambulance. And like the next day after training, I got this training officer and she was just like this gnarly badass like biker chick who yeah. was like small but you knew she could just like whoop your she could ass. whip your ass like <laughs> easily too yeah and that was she's single <laughs> she is she Aww. is uh but she was super great like super tough super thorough uh-huh. when i got done with my week-long training with her i felt pretty confident that i could like handle the tasks of the job and then yeah i mean it that kind of job is you can you can read about crazy stuff in a textbook all day. You right. know, you can learn about CPR and how to treat gunshot wounds, but until you actually see it, it's it's nothing like the book. Jesus. So do you think so that was largely driven by your dad, but you know, it kind of takes a certain kind of person to want to hop into that kind of intense situation. Mm-hmm. So do you think that I know you do a lot of surfing, a Mm. lot of hunting, a lot of that kind of thing. I guess you just kind of have a mentality that you want to go out and experience kind of intense stuff. Or is that what what do you think made you actually think that, oh, I want to go be an EMT in L.A.? Right. Definitely. I think the intensity of it is cool. I think I don't think I'm like a adrenaline addict or junkie or anything like that Uh but i just think it was from hearing my dad's stories and i thought it was super cool and then i'm gonna go into this field where i'm caring for people right i wanted some experience caring for people to kind of set myself up to kind of not even look good on paper like not looking at my application but i wanted experience caring for real people before i went and like got into dental school yeah um but certainly like the let me I, let me ask you something yeah, really yeah. quick. Do you think that you operate at like a kind of a different level? So talk about, or I don't know. I would assume that if I'm in a situation like that, mm-hmm. like my training has to be really good, so right. then I can quickly pull it up and not really think about it. Mm-hmm. But do you think that you kind of operated at a different level than you were used to in normal everyday life? Like yeah. was it? I guess where where was kind of your peak of efficiency or Mm-hmm. you know like you go do this you go do right. that you know like yeah do you know kind of what i mean no i do and as an emt and especially in my role as an emt in california i wasn't i had no leadership okay. i wasn't tasked with being a leader in that role yeah um i was really just an assistant okay and so i was a lot of times it'd be like a drunk person, for example, that was getting really combative, and then we'd come on scene, and people would be like, "Oh, all right, we're we're good." Hey, McCormick's here. <laughs> like, all right, boys, get him in the back, and you'd have to go hand to hand with this guy and get him in the back. And I loved that part of it. Like I yeah. was down to do that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if there was something, and not, I mean, not necessarily put myself in harm's way, but if there was like, oh. Uh, this spot's like really tight. There's going to be one person that can climb over this fence to like get to this guy. Like, okay, I'll go. I can climb the fence. Sure. Like I'll go back there. That's badass. There's one spot in the corner that you can do CPR. And it's like, yeah, I'll be, I'll go back there and do CPR and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
How did you? How did that kind of stuff make you feel? Um, what was it? What was it well, like in the moment, and then after? Yeah. I remember the first time I ever did CPR, and it was like thinking back on it now, and the experiences I have now is like really kind of a nothing call. It was just like a regular cardiac arrest, but okay. just an old lady. She had passed away in her sleep. Son called the next morning, I believe, but she must have died like not that long before we got there because uh-huh. she was she had all the signs of life. She was still warm, you know, just yeah. no pulse. So yeah. we just started doing CPR, and like I remember just being like so excited, like oh, <laughs> I have wanted to do CPR, and I don't mean, uh-huh. I don't necessarily want to like say I want people to die so I can do CPR, like absolutely right. not, but. You had all this I want to be the guy that's there that's to do CPR. Yeah, yeah. So I remember doing that, and then I called my dad and like, Dad, I finally did CPR <laughs> for real. And like, I don't know. What did, what did your dad have to say to he that? Was, he was proud, I'm sure. He was yeah, stoked. I mean, yeah. It was funny because, you know, I've been hearing my dad's stories my whole life. And then I go to L.A. and I'm calling my dad after every shift and being like, Hey, Dad, check did out what CPR. I did. I had a helicopter that came and flew somebody in and I had a gunshot wound. Yeah. It was, it was cool. Like, that is wild. Be the be the giver of that story instead of the receiver, I right. suppose. Right. Were you ever nervous going into some of those? So were you ever nervous going into doing CPR for your first time or hopping that fence mm. to go do CPR? Yeah, definitely. And it kind of sucked too because like we didn't get a lot of respect in that role. Okay. Even though we worked hard, yeah, we had to sit in the ambulance all night for twelve hours. We didn't have a station to go back to, and like a yeah. lot of the firefighters we worked with were just they weren't very nice to us, basically. Really? Yeah. Huh. So I was more nervous. I was more nervous that these guys would like yell at me or be dicks to me than I yeah. was about like caring for the patient or doing CPR or dragging a dead body out of some place like i was never nervous about that i was always uh-huh. just like i would always anticipate that these guys would find something that i was, was doing wrong and be like hey you little idiot like get the hell out of here that's and terrible I was, I was always nervous about yeah. that so like it sucked yeah for like two months and then i'm like no i know what i'm doing I know, now yeah dude. i have good yeah. experience now after two months like i was running shitload of calls and then I was like, you know what? You can yell at me all you want because I know I'm doing a good job. Right. I don't need you to tell me anything. You know? Right. But I also learned a lot from these firefighter paramedics about how to be a really good paramedic, how to be a really good care provider, and how to be just an absolutely terrible care provider. You just know? from, like, examples yeah. of you seeing really good right. guys and really yeah. bad guys? So or I got done with my experience on the ambulance, and then – Right after that, I went to paramedic school at UCLA, and uh-huh. um, yeah, that was a nine-month intensive, like every day, kind of like an expedited paramedic program. Okay, was that hands-on so, with? Very hands-on. Okay. Um, how do you mean though? Uh, I guess I was thinking like, were you ever working with patients? Oh yeah, so I'll explain that too. So it's like a four, four or five months of didactic which is like uh and this was a nine-month program did you yeah, say okay approximately okay yeah so like classroom every day classroom classroom anatomy mm-hmm. physiology okay uh, pharmacology like airway class um basically just how the body works and what a paramedic does to correct issues so you have to learn okay. like thousands of signs and symptoms thousands of corrections for these signs and symptoms like Jeez. <laughs> assessment your assessment had to be super good and then you go and you spend one month 
and it's I think it's like 15 shifts or something like that. 10 to 15 shifts in an emergency room within Los Angeles County. Okay. So that's like where you kind of uh, you're under the someone someone's precepting over you. I guess I don't know how to say that. Somebody's uh got like a supervisor. Or there's a nurse that's you. watching over you. Yeah. And so when crazy stuff comes into the emergency room, you get like a call on the loudspeaker. It's like paramedic intern. Come to room 5B. Oh, that would be my so like, favorite oh, thing to hear. what's going on down there? And you go run down the hall, and there's somebody that just got shot up or, like, Jeez. they're in cardiac arrest or even yeah. just, like, little things. Like, we don't know what's going on with this guy. Like, he's just acting really Bring weird. Bring in the intern. Yeah. Bring in the intern. Get down here right now. So you go run in there, and you, you do your best. You don't know what the hell is yeah. going on. Yeah. But the most important aspect that I took out of that internship in the – the emergency room was my ability to start IVs. Oh. I think I started like 400 IVs Holy cow. in those shifts yeah. in the emergency room. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because I, I, I did my internship in Pasadena, and my dad used to be the fire chief of South Pasadena, so he got uh-huh. to know this nurse educator at this hospital. Okay. And so when she knew that I was going to paramedic school, I met up with her and she said, come to my hospital, come to my ER, and you'll get to do like anything you want to do. Yeah. As as much as you're comfortable with, you yeah. will be able to do. Oh, that's sweet. So every time they'd call, I'd see this lady, Lynn Riley, and Lynn Riley would be like, hey, the paramedic intern's here. Like, like let's, let him, let's let him try it out. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's all pretty, right, all right. That's so great. Then, basically, I'd start every shift and I'd go into the break room and they'd do like a kind of like a timeout where they stay like we got 45 patients in the emergency room like four of them are pretty critical like blah 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 they kind of like outline the day with the new set of crew that's coming on yeah and so i'd stand up and say good morning everybody or good evening everybody my name's will i'm a paramedic intern and if you let me start your ivs on your patients i'll clean your beds I'll clean your rooms for you. Oh, jeez. So that's people would like big. stand up and like <laughs> standing ovation, like, hey, get this kid in there. <laughs> so I cleaned a lot of beds, but I started a lot of IVs, you know? Yeah, that's basically it. just said, hey, if there's anything cool that comes in here, please want, call me. I yeah. want in. I want yeah. to, I'm, I'm here to learn. And people were totally, like, totally cool about letting me do some That's pretty stuff. cool. Yeah. That's uh, great. Yeah. And one time, just, I'll just go into one really quick story. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was a, somebody went into cardiac arrest on like one of the upper floors of the hospital visiting a visitor went into cardiac arrest. So they wheeled him real quick down to the ER and like everyone was doing CPR and I just got on. So I ran in there and there's a bunch of doctors in there. There's a bunch of nurses and I'm the only paramedic intern. Yeah. The other dude was just getting off. So I was like, oh, cool. So like I tried to get in, but there like every role was kind of filled already. Mm -hmm. But then there's a thing called an IO, which is like an interosseous line so instead okay. of starting an iv starting a, a line in the vein this one that goes into the bone oh geez and it requires okay. a That's specialized drill and the specialized needle and the specialized catheter and you drill into the bone into their you're pointing at your leg into the into leg into their tibial tuberosity okay. on their leg <laughs> and so they couldn't get an iv on this guy and then the doctor just starts yelling like can anybody do an io can anybody do an IO? And I apparently none of the nurses have the certification to do that. Oh, really? But and I, as a paramedic intern, did have the certification. No so I'm like, cool. yeah, I can do it. I can do it. And I had never done it before, but I had done it like a bunch of times on the dummy leg that we had at school. Uh-huh. 
which in it the credit of the dummy leg it's very similar to be honest right like, it, it feels just like that right I had never done it, and I said, like, you done this before? Like, yeah, yeah, I can handle it. I can handle it. <laughs> and it went shit. perfectly, like clockwork. Like the 500 times I practiced it on the dummy leg, I did everything perfectly. And like, nice. Afterwards, the doc's like, hey, that was really good, like initiative to start that. And I'm like, can I be honest with you, doc? Like that was the first one I ever did. And she's <laughs> like, oh god. <laughs> dude, but that is. She was stoked. So yeah, that's a that's and that dude. I mean, we did everything we could, but he didn't. He oh didn't man! Make it. But unfortunately, man. part of the deal too. Right. That's so pretty. That's one pretty month impressive. in the emergency room, and then you do a three month, three four month internship with uh, a fire department. So I was with the Los Angeles Fire Department. Okay. And did they know your dad down there as well? No, too? no one. Not no at that really. point. Anymore. No, he didn't. He didn't work. This was the Los Angeles City Fire Department, oh, so it's kind of like oh, a different okay. entity. It's a different, a different system than the other ones that he worked for. Okay. Um, so I was stationed at uh, Station Seventy Three, and it was like in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. Okay. Um, highly like a lot, a large number of Hispanic people in that area. There's like a pretty big Armenian population up there as well, I believe. Okay. Um, and I was just, I rode in the back of the ambulance for 20 shifts, 24 hour shifts yeah. and got as many patient contacts as I could and yeah, exceptional experience and got, got all the checks I needed to get checked off. I got them. I got, uh, we ran 23 calls in 24 hours one day. Holy um, man. really cool working at a fire station. Like the camaraderie yeah. of the fire station is something okay. that I really liked a lot. Were you like staying there? Yeah, that was I was staying in the bunkhouse downstairs. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. the the rescue the rescue bunkhouse. It was separate from the other ones. Okay, because we would get up all You'd night and those guys sometimes guys. would sleep through yeah. the night because they didn't have to go on the calls. But we would okay. we would get up all night. So, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty, great. Yeah, and, uh, that's pretty wild. It was interesting too because you'd have to be, you'd have to like, part of paramedic education and part of being a paramedic is being a leader on scene. So you could go to this like, car accident and people would be screaming and there'd be blood everywhere. Oh. And you were the guy that had to be calm and you were the guy that had to say, Nate, I need you to do this. I need this yeah. other guy to do this. I need you to do this. And I yeah. need it right now. Let's go. And like, it was awesome working in the fire department because like, that was just expected. Yeah. These guys had a task. Everybody had their role and, uh, and they listened to me and I was this new guy who, <laughs> what do I know? But they would say, Oh, okay. If you're, you're telling leader. me to you do that, do you're it. the guy that's leading this scene. Yeah, we're gonna get it done then. All right, let's go. So it was, it was awesome, man. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Cool. I bet that that really helped your decision making ability. Oh yeah, and ability Absolutely. to act quick. I mean, all of that. That's one thing that I think is really cool about medicine and like emergency medicine. Yeah, is how quickly you gotta just be like on point. Right. All of your information has to be at the front of your mind mm-hmm. at that exact instant, yeah. and then you have to be extremely decisive. And I think right. that's yeah, I think that's pretty badass. And absolutely, I th- I feel like I had a pretty good head on my shoulders before I did all this emergency medical ex- this experience and that. But uh-huh. I think those experiences have made me to be s- extremely decisive and extremely okay. confident in my decision making, and. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was very, I think back and like have nothing but fond memories. Even the nights where I was just getting ran to the ground, like, I love that stuff now, you know, it was terrible then, but oh, it was 
So it's awesome now. So going into that, do you think you're pretty well suited for that type of, like with that, with those decision-making abilities, do you think you were pretty well suited to go into that yeah. type of thing? I think so. And maybe it's the way I was raised. Maybe it's like a genetic thing. And because my dad is the same way, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am curious about that kind of thing. And you see like a lot of families that have, and maybe it's just because they're pushed in that direction, but families that are, where they're all police officers or they're right. all firefighters or they're all paramedics, you know? And right. Maybe it's more than just aspiring to be like your dad. Right. Maybe it's like, yeah. oh, I actually, uh, like I enjoy thinking, and it's probably a lot of nurture, mm. but maybe it is yeah. a little bit of nature too. Maybe a little bit, yeah. So I think, I think it takes a certain kind of person that wants to go do that job, and I think it's a totally another kind of person that is like successful at that job and like okay. can thrive in that position and yeah um i think if i wasn't a dentist i think i would love to go back and be a firefighter paramedic you yeah. know like that cool. would that, i was always saying like that's my plan b yeah that's my plan b for sure but i'm happy to be a dentist yeah now, that's you good know? like uh this this is my goal this is my dream this is what i want to be but that's a great experience that's a great experience hell yeah how do you think, do you think that you've taken some things now that have kind of set you up or that you think will inform your dental career hmm. from those experiences? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, I think just working with like getting a, getting a nine on one call and showing uh -huh. up and walking into a random person's house Yeah. and then treating the patient. And it doesn't matter if what this person, what their race is, what their ethnicity is, what language they speak. Mm hmm none of that matters you just treat their symptoms you treat this person 100 percent of your ability uh-huh you take them to the hospital and then you go and you do the same thing again and yeah. i think absolutely i'll take that into my my dental practice my dental career yeah every single patient i have no matter what will get the best treatment from me yeah and i mean maybe it'll be a little bit different because it's not life and death now right. you know but like, still. yeah but, but still. no there it doesn't matter they get they get my utmost respect they're my patient. Uh, They're coming to them. you for yeah. your skills and your right. talents. and So yeah. I think that's something that's, like, really valuable that you take that a lot of people on, like, emergency medical services take is, like, they're just super open. Yeah. They're just – they're non-judgmental. Non oh, they yeah. treat every single person as best they can. That's so, great. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. – and I'm sure you see some things where – a lot of people would kind of, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of turn the other cheek at or mm. tr try not to look at, but right. you know, you got to, yeah. you got to be there for that mm. person. So, yeah. So I guess that's, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And so that means obviously that feeds into your desire to work with people and yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, great. And, I mean, I, I am excited now too, to like not have to be getting up at all hours of the night and yeah. i'm like kind of excited not to have to be going to like do gnarly stuff and like see gnarly stuff and i don't know i mean i liked it a lot but i'm super glad i'm not doing that right. anymore like it takes a lot out of you to be honest is i can imagine that being just incredibly intense work and sure it being a lot of fun mm -hmm. but i'm sure there was a lot of bad things or not a lot of bad things about it but yeah things that you because they're so difficult you mm -hmm. can get tired of absolutely fairly quickly yeah and like respect to all the guys that worked for 20 30 40 years even you know because uh -huh. i i worked for three years in that and like that was tough. i was kind of burnt out from seeing that stuff already so yeah. it, 
maybe that's the difference between me and those other guys. You know what I mean? Like that's not that's not my career path. Right. That's not what I wanted to do. But it's great that somebody does it because we right. need it. But right. Right. Yeah, it's tough. It wears on you for sure. Yeah, I could yeah. see that. I, I think that that would wear on me for sure. But so now you're going into you know dentistry, right? And it's going to be a whole new ball game as far as it'll be super cool to learn all of the intricacies because you're still in the mm. beginning of your program, but yeah. all the intricacies of you know how the teeth work, yeah. And, um, mouth anatomy mm. like that. What kind of course is that? I mean, oh, what about man, just anatomy? Hard course, I'll tell you <laughs> and, what. And then uh, on top of that too, then you're going to get the opportunity to work with people mm. and. Uh, starting to, it'll, do you think you'll have your own private practice or yeah. dental deal as well? I think, I know I was looking at your, your questions. I guess I'll just tell you like what my dream is, I suppose. Yeah. In, let's in hear regard, that. In regards to dentistry and in regards to like my career, I guess my, it would probably be like a 10 year prefer- plan. I don't know what you yeah. know, but I want to move back to Duluth. Okay. I want to either buy an existing practice from an old crotchety guy who's retiring. <laughs> he's trying to get or yeah build my own i'm not opposed to that at all but uh-huh. either way i want to be my own boss you know i want to own yeah. my own business so either buy one or start one up in duluth um it would be cool to find somebody who's kind of getting getting out of it yeah and then you slowly buy them out i know right. i know there's some pretty cool little contract deals that you yeah, can work out for sure so they keep coming back to you mm-hmm. so that'd be nice yeah and it's when you buy a practice, essentially you buy the patients. Exactly. I think that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Um, but it's like a really, it's going to be a really good time to be an up and coming dentist because yeah. there's a lot of these guys that are retiring, guys and girls that are retiring. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there'll be quite a bit of opportunity for that in the future. And I'm going to definitely take advantage of that. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so I want to live, I want to live in Duluth. I want to build my own home. Okay. Uh, want a sizable chunk of property and nice. Yeah. Not too far out of Duluth, but far enough where I can shoot a gun off my front porch if <laughs> I want to. You know, yeah. go uh, surfing. Preferably within you know, kind of like view of Lake Superior. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you want to be on the north? Sort shore? of. I sort yeah. of do. Yeah. Um, That'd be pretty incredible. So anywhere, anywhere really up there. That's that's kind of my dream. That's gonna be ideal for me. But okay. Yeah. That's very cool. So, so how so you think that's like a ten year type deal, or maybe it, it, it's yeah. probably a little bit more. I guess you got how many more years of school? Well, I got three and a half. Uh huh. I graduated in twenty twenty two. So, okay, but I don't know how it's all gonna work. Do you know when people come right out of school? Do they normally go work underneath somebody for a while? I believe or? so. Yeah. Okay. I think they do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not certain on that kind of aspect of it yet because. I'm like buried in the tooth anatomy. Right <laughs> yeah. But I think that's how it works. I think you kind of, I think if you want to buy someone out too, you kind of go and you might work them for, I don't know, say a few weeks, uh, a couple months, maybe if it's right. a good fit. And right. if it's not a good fit, then you can kind of know that uh, this I won't really work like out. This area. For I don't like yeah. these patients. I don't really like this guy's business model or the way he does his patient care, or whatever. Yeah, and you might love it, you might hate it. I don't know. That's your choice, you know. That'll be a whole new ball game. Getting into I that know. type of thing. Do they yeah. offer courses in? Not really. Hmm. No, and I think that's kind of like one of the big complaints of the curriculum of a dentist is that there's zero. There's maybe like a 
maybe one course and like maybe a couple of days in a course where they uh-huh. talk about the business aspects of becoming a successful dentist and yeah that's pretty damn important you that's know that's like one of the biggest things i think establishing so, your name in a community yeah and yeah but that's cool too because you can really go and be a dentist wherever the heck you want oh yeah for sure and you know i mean i'm not married i don't have any kids but if i get married and my wife wants to go god knows where but hey that's fine i can set up shop yeah. anywhere you know yeah so that is definitely the beauty of being a dentist is everybody needs a dentist you know every yeah. community needs a dentist they might already have one but the one right over them that might not have one so yeah kind of move wherever you want well but yeah i imagine there's and like you said with everybody retiring with a such a huge portion of people retiring you're gonna be able to find something I fairly imagine. quickly yeah i hope so but i still think it's pretty crazy that they don't offer many business courses i think that you know there's got to be stuff online that you can go into i wonder if they have like an online program like a business like you know a 20-hour video series on mm-hmm. how to get your own private practice or something yeah, I, like honestly that. i haven't looked into that i'm sure there is something like that it mm-hmm. would just be nice if it was kind of included in our curriculum yeah that would be great what it so what do you think what what with your classes right now what mm-hmm. are some of your favorite courses or what's your favorite thing you What's the most interesting? I'm gonna stick with one question. What are some of your most interesting courses? Okay. Well, right now I'm taking biochemistry. I'm taking uh, gross anatomy, which is just uh, ew. Yeah. <laughs> human human anatomy. Complete human. Yeah. Uh, from the waist up. Okay. So we have these cadavers. These people have donated their bodies to science. Uh huh. And we go through and we dissect them and study all the different muscles, all the different contents uh, of the, yeah. you know, the cavities. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's gross anatomy. Then I have oral anatomy, which is tooth anatomy, essentially. Okay. Um, which is fascinating, but every tooth has like 40 characteristics. That's insane. I, I mean, I don't oh. think about that at all when I think it's about It's hard to fathom that I will ever be able to know this shit because... Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of stuff. It's like <laughs> it's it's too much to even think about. But so I've that it in there in that yeah, noggin of years. I'll, yeah. I'll fit it in there. Yeah. Um, then I have a course called Dental Professional Development, which is the closest class I've had so far to talking about any kind of business related to the business side of dentistry. Yeah. Very minimal, but that's sort of just like an introduction to various specialties within dentistry uh ethical principles of dentistry things like that so okay that's been pretty interesting um and let me think uh i don't know if i already said histology which no. is like study of cells in regards oh. to oral anatomy and then also just anatomy in general um that's that's been okay I'm, it's hard it's hard i is that is that pretty interesting though yeah it's pretty interesting it's there's a lot of similarities like you have certain cell types that will be confined within one specific area of the body and then there's certain cell types that are kind of like all throughout the body okay um but it's, so it, I do think, you have certain oral cells then is yeah what you're yeah. getting at there's yeah. there's certain cells that lie in the oral cavity there's certain cells that are produced mucus there's there, i mean there's there's things that fight disease there's yeah. all kinds of different cells but it's cool. I think I think that's all the classes that I have. But the nice thing about this being a dental school is they all relate. 
Oh yeah. Like cla- like I'm learning about, for example, like the liver uh-huh. and histology, and like there's specific cells in the liver. Yeah. And then I'm going into the anatomy and lab looking and saying, at, "Oh, look, this is the liver. Like that's this cool. is made of these cells. Yeah. This is awesome." Or you're going in, learning about specific cells in the the oral cavity, and then the guy in oral anatomy goes. Yeah, and like these cells will sometimes get hidden in this little tiny crevice that's in this specific tooth. Like uh-huh. this is the most common tooth to have cavities in it, and it, because of these cells, we're like I know all about uh-huh. those cells, man. That's cool. Yeah, I learned on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> so is that so? I mean, coming into dental school, then mm-hmm. I guess I don't know really too much about a postgraduate degree, but like looking at my experience with undergrad yeah you kind of select all of your coursework right so is this a predetermined yep. set of course i don't have to register for classes as long as i live nice like they they're all selected <laughs> for you yeah. the rooms the times it's all laid out so that's okay it's great so yeah. that yeah so th- that's really cool how it all interrelates with yeah. each other and i mean that makes learning so much easier too oh, i think it's awesome conceptualize it, really it and poke yeah. it <laughs> right know, yeah whatever. So all my classes are really intertwined right now and cool. I'm loving it. Yeah. I think the dental education that I have received so far and that I will continue to receive at the U of M is like top notch. That's great. It's that been around a long time. That. It's an yeah. established institution. The yeah. professors are just dialed in. I'm I couldn't be happier, you know. That's I'm sweet, so happy man. to go yeah, to school here. You know? That's cool. I'm happy for you. Yeah, thanks. Um, so what about, uh, do you have, have you noticed anything yet that's like kind of a common misconception about dentistry? Mm, That's a great question. Yeah. I actually saw this in the thing. I was thinking about this. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting too, because now relative to being a paramedic and now being a dentist, I see, I've seen decline of health to a state so bad where people have died you know people's heart have stopped beating yeah and now in my dental education i'm learning that a lot of these like systemic huge serious terrible problems can originate and often do originate in issues that arise in the mouth really yeah so like uh, an infection in the mouth can lead to sepsis of the whole body widespread systemic infection of the body wow and like certain dental diseases or dental dental problems can even like have like things with diabetes yeah uh like heart disease and it's just fascinating now to like bring it full circle and uh i think just a big misconception is like the importance of dental care i guess and yeah i mean personally like i didn't have dental insurance because uh-huh. I had health insurance. Yeah. But dental wasn't dental included insurance. in that. Yeah, and dental sh- insurance is such a big thing. And people, a lot of people have that don't have care. dental insurance. Yeah. But I, I want to, like, try to change <laughs> this misconception and, like, bring to light that, look, these problems with your teeth are not just cavities, you know? Like, this is oh. this could be way more serious than that. So Eventually, if it's not cared for, you know? Right. So maybe is it, like... Since you're having cavities, you know, you're maybe eating sugar, more sugar mm-hmm. or something like that. Right. So just the fact that your teeth are kind of showing mm-hmm. a symptom of it early, could that be it? Or is it more, I, I guess, yeah, is it more like you have a cavity, now you are more predisposed to getting this because your body well, is more like, susceptible? Or 
Do you know what I... Yeah, because so somebody gets a cavity, they don't go in, they don't go in, they never go to the dentist. Uh-huh. Then that tooth is rotten, it spreads to the next tooth, it spreads to the next tooth, it spreads to the bone. Oh, The bone gosh. underlying all the teeth. Yeah. And then and then it could... That, that infection could be everywhere, essentially, you know? And okay. I'm not... I don't know how the science of these things is quite yet. Right. I haven't learned that yet. Well, that, but I what think I we're do know is there are, there are correlations between dental diseases and like heart disease diabetes things like that i'd like to kind of learn a little bit about those correlations that sounds interesting yeah no i mean it's it's fascinating yeah so i yeah i just think i think dental care should have more importance in in everybody's spectrum of healthcare. it needs to take a bigger chunk of the pie i think okay and i hope it does but yeah it's often kind of not dealt with i mean if somebody has an asthma attack that's easy to see if someone has a cavity in the back of their tooth unless it gets all the way to the root they're not gonna have any pain uh-huh. so they won't even know so it's just too bad that a lot of people don't have insurance for that but yeah i don't know huh well that's interesting that's still i think that's one of the more interesting uh things and one of the common <laughs> <laughs> no Good yeah job. i was thinking about <laughs> saying that for them but i just was thinking go. of like a, a factoid that i could say real quick yeah so and that kind of covers the one of the things I was going to ask you was I don't know if actually that perfectly covers it. I was going to say what what do you think people should know about dentistry? I don't think I put that one down. Okay. But like what should the everyday person understand about their mouth that you know mm-hmm. you think is important for Yeah. For that, I I mean if you have anything brush your teeth. Yeah. It's very simple. A lot of people don't brush their teeth. Okay. Floss. Very simple. Yeah, Nobody geez. flosses it. And I'm guilty of it myself. I hardly ever floss. Uh-huh. Now that I'm in school, man, that is crucial to really? like the overall health of your teeth is flo- brushing and flossing regularly. And it's it's two minutes in the morning, two minutes in the afternoon, two yeah. minutes in the, before you go to bed, you know, and, and like maybe a minute to floss, two minutes to floss, but that'll save your mouth. And these are the only teeth you get. Yeah, you don't you don't get two sets of teeth like that's sharks true. and <laughs> uh, shit. I don't know. Yeah, this so, is it. You got to take care of these things, you know. Yeah, and is that so? Is that just like bacteria? So I, I mean, I think of brushing my teeth, and yeah, I'm cleaning off a, you know, I'm cleaning off food remnants that yeah. might turn into. This is how I think about it. So I'm cleaning off food remnants mm-hmm. that might kind of rot or whatever and turn yeah. into something. Right. I'm cleaning off sugar that might stick something to me. Mm. I, you know, preventing bacteria growth. Well, is that primarily what you're doing? Primarily bad bacteria. There's good bacteria that your mouth has, like this natural flora that it has, which is beneficial. And then there's Uh bad stuff. Okay. And you're cleaning the bad stuff off, but you're also cleaning off the food for the bad stuff. A lot of that stuff Mm. is there in regardless, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you get sugar. Yeah. They're going to, those bacteria are going to eat that they're going to produce acid and then that wears away the surfaces of your teeth so keeping that sugar out of there for long periods of time is essentially what brushing your teeth is doing so that bacteria is there no matter what you're just starving it i believe so yeah okay yeah cool so that's interesting you don't brush your teeth and then they're feeding off this stuff and producing this acidic byproduct basically this waste which wears down wears down wears down they continue to get in and then once they're in the root you're done i mean yeah well and that's i guess so i bet some people are less prone to have cavities then because mm. you know maybe they are more like 
are less susceptible to that stuff. But anyway, I, that that's pretty that's that's cool. I guess I've mm-hmm. never really understood. Yeah. What? Why? You know, I brush my teeth to get rid of the shit off. Of yeah, it. I know. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Cool. All right. So, kind of the one of my. We've been talking for a while now, mm-hmm. but we've been talking for an hour and ten minutes. Now. Let's let's kind of wrap it up then for yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, kind of words of advice to anybody. So yeah, my, no, my, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. So thinking about it, the way I, I posed it to Will was, my little brother is about to go to college, and I was, I just asked, what would you say after going through your undergrad and starting your graduate degree? What would you say to a person interested in getting into dentistry? Yeah. So first of all, I. I think the way that I entered this dental career was like a very non-traditional route. Okay. And I don't get me wrong. I I had a lot of fun in undergrad. Yeah. And I worked super hard, but I think if I could have got better grades and if I could have studied a little harder, Uh I would have had a much easier time getting into dental school. Okay. So I didn't get good grades. I didn't get really good test scores. So I had to essentially make up for those scores and those grades with extracurricular being a paramedic, going to volunteering, like I had to yeah. do a lot more legwork on the other end to get in. Okay. And that stuff made me who I am. Yeah. But I think my biggest advice is like study hard, study hard the first time, like yeah. Get good grades and it's easy way easier said than done. I mean, obviously uh-huh. I know that. Get good grades, study hard, get good test scores. Um the biggest advice I think I can have though is like find yourself a mentor. Yeah. Like find like someone stangle find someone in the dental profession that is willing and able to not only write you a letter of recommendation but to let you shadow, give you the kind of the ins and outs of their dental practice. And uh-huh. I think if you can find somebody that's fresh out of dental school, they'll have uh-huh. the best perspective on getting into dental school. Uh, yeah, like my mentors point. were much older. Uh-huh. And like the only advice they had was like Oh, when I got into dental school, they let everybody into dental school. And I'm like, oh, great. That's such good advice. Like, well, look, now thousands of people apply for 20 spots. So, yeah. No, you got to get somebody young. And even if you can, like, reach out to somebody who is currently in dental school. Uh huh. And again, easier said than done. But if you can make that happen, that's that's going to be your best, your best asset to getting in, basically, yeah. you know. So I, I hate to extend this just said we're gonna wrap it up but do you think that your undergrad was your undergrad just to get into dental school or do you see that being helpful now oh yeah definitely helpful now Mm -hmm. um all the science classes in dental school assume that you have this scientific base okay so like it's not like day one of biology freshman year of high school you know it's like what is a cell this is the mitochondria, like this makes energy. No. Yeah. It's like this is the cell in the mitochondria that makes this, that does this, that then takes oh. this one and converts it. And you're yeah. like, wait, 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 wait a second. I missed that day in undergrad. <laughs> like so, so it absolutely helps. So the absolutely grades are helped. yeah, the grades absolutely. are more than just so you gotta learn. It's not just your grades. grades. Yeah. It's yeah. a base of knowledge, a scientific knowledge that you then build on top of when you get to dental school okay so crucial yeah okay um that's great yeah but then you know also important in undergrad is 
you're taking all these hard science classes, but then you're also taking like uh, jazz studies <laughs> and like slept every day. <laughs> I sat right yeah, behind Will. You, you didn't like I it. Man. I was just I could not sleep. I love that class. <laughs> Funny taking, thing is, I love <laughs> jazz now. <laughs> <laughs> taking art classes, taking political classes, like uh-huh. they some of those classes were a little bit bogus for sure. Like, yeah, like you got to take one of these liberal education yeah. classes and you're yeah. like well i don't want to take any of these i'm not interested but being well-rounded and like taking all these different classes in undergrad and in addition to your science classes is that's what it's all about yeah. really you know they're they're you're graduating as <laughs> uh functioning you know member of society yeah you're graduating yeah. as a scientist yeah you, know, you do i a, mean essentially yeah yeah so and I think that, so my thought too, just really quick, I, I have a business background or I, w- I came out of college with a uh, bachelor of business administration. And the, yeah. one of the biggest things that I don't like about that is that I see a lot of my friends who kind of have a scientific or engineering background. Mm. And I think that they have a really interesting way of thinking about things that I yeah. think is a little bit different than hmm. the, what I what I ever came out with. Okay. So I think personally, if I were to go back and do it again, I'm very happy with what I got. Mm-hmm. I did it. You know, it is what it is. But if I were to go back and do it again, I would go with a more of an engineering or scientific background because I think all that stuff is so interesting. Yeah. But I didn't realize how interesting it was mm-hmm. until I left school. Right. Yeah. So and you know, you know, I'll just say one last thing too is yeah. Um, like day one of your science classes in undergrad, they're teaching you to like not question everything, but like to follow this very specific process in regards to like, okay, you make your hypothesis, yeah, you test your hypothesis, right, and then like you get these results, and then you have to retest it, so you have to reproduce those same results, and that is how like a scientific science. theory is science. produced, you know, it's yeah. not just like some fluke thing, like, yeah. oh, dude. Yeah, look, it caught fire when we did that. Like that must right. mean that every time these meet, they catch fire. Like, no, it's right. not like that. No, so you like question everything. By, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's backed by facts. Mm-hmm. It's tested. So then you go into like adult life, and you're like, well, now I'm a scientist. Like, wait, I heard on the yeah, news that this kind of gum like makes you get pregnant or something. Yeah. You're like, that can't be. Like, show me the facts, yeah. man. Like, well, and I I feel like so I I know that uh like back in high school we talked a little bit so like about the scientific method and stuff yeah yeah. we talked a little bit about that but it's not like hammered into your head and Mm -hmm. it's not the i don't think it's put into your head in a way that you could actually apply it so much yeah and i maybe what you get is you get repeated exposure to kind of people who are really good at applying Mm -hmm. the scientific method so that kind of acts as a guide for you to Absolutely. recreate that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. So let's see. We've been talking a long while now. Um, I gotta go get some beers. Yeah, we gotta we gotta dress up. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get our makeup on. It's yeah, Halloween, dude. dude. Uh, no makeup, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the record. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so, Will, thanks a lot for coming on to yeah, sure. Utactio. I just have to say. The best way to remember it is U T Actio. And what that means is you take action. That's not really what it means, but that's what my mom told me. That's cool. She said, Oh, I thought it was U T, like you take action. 
but it's That's a great perfect. way to remember it. So Utactio is the name of the podcast. Visit us at utactio.com and thank you very much for dropping by. Will, thanks a ton for thank coming you, on. Thank you, Nate. I think this was it's excellent. Been fun. Yeah, great. All right. Cool, dude.